So I know what you're thinking, and this isn't clickbait. This isn't a get-rich-quick video. This isn't anything where it's going to be completely unobtainable for you to get. I wasn't given a ton of different things that you wouldn't be able to do in order to pay off your mortgage before you're 30. I am uh, currently around 26 and a half, almost 27. I've been doing real estate for about six years, and I bought my home the very first year that I was in real estate. Um, and this is exactly what I did, the steps that I took in order to leverage the equity that I had in my home to use the the money that I built up by owning real estate to buy more real estate and then to eventually pay off the mortgage on my primary residence before I was 30. So if you're interested in learning about this, learning about tons of other things, I just want to let you know before we start the episode that I'm going to be doing 30 days of buying podcasts and 30 days of selling podcasts on this channel on the podcast station and at zachfolsom.com slash podcast throughout the month of May so that way you can get the information that you need to make smart buying and selling real estate decisions wherever you're at. So sit down, maybe grab a notepad if you're interested, and let's get into this episode of the Zach Folsom Experience. So first off, welcome to this uh, podcast. Welcome to it on YouTube, wherever you're watching it. I just want to introduce myself real quick, just in case this is your first time experiencing it. I haven't been uh, marketing the podcast as well as I should have been, and I'm trying to make sure that this blows up as much as possible. I have a lot of great information that I can help you and other people like you learn about real estate. And if you're interested in supporting this channel in a great free way to support the channel, please feel free to like, comment, subscribe. Go to zachfolsom.com slash podcast, sign up for the podcast stations, and interact with me as much as possible. I'd love to help you guys learn more about real estate. I'd love to help you personally buy a home and see some of the financial freedom that comes with owning real estate. So today we are talking about how I was able to leverage the home that I bought in uh, 2014 and to use that home to buy other homes to pay off the mortgage on this primary residence so that way I don't have to pay any more mortgage payments on this house and to give yourself the ability to buy more real estate. So first things first, uh, the, the most important thing that I've found is making sure that you're buying a home in the right location and making sure that you're buying a home where you feel comfortable and where you think that there's going to be some up and coming potential value increase. I was fortunate enough to have been selling houses for a little bit. I understood the market I was in. I also bought a home around the area that I grew up in. So I knew exactly what kind of market I was getting into. I knew what the prices were. I knew what the prices could be. And I knew the rent potential of the home that I was buying. So the home that I bought is commonly referred to as the quote unquote student ghetto in uh, in Michigan, in Kalamazoo, where I live. And I bought it because I really enjoyed the distance to downtown. I enjoyed the distance to the college. I don't know why it's called the student ghetto. I really feel like it's not that bad here. Uh, of course, I bought here. So, you know, kind of, uh, kind of a little bit biased, but it is what it is. And so I knew that I could get about 200 to $400 a bedroom and you know, knowing what the rents were really helped me understand that I should be buying this house and that I would be able to rent it out to people. So I went out and I got a loan for the house and I put down, I believe it was like 10 to 15% on the house. And what I did with that 
was put that down and then I fixed up the house. As soon as I had the house fixed up, I immediately started looking for people to rent bedrooms from. I bought a big enough house that it had enough bedrooms that I could rent out each bedroom individually and all the roommates would be able to pay for part of the the mortgage payment, pay for part of the house itself. So the first month that I had everybody in here, my mortgage payment was around $500, including taxes and insurance. And I was renting out each room for $250 for the smaller rooms and then $350 for the largest room. So I was making about $250 extra. I was using that to pay down the primary mortgage payment just because if you're using a little bit extra, the 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 length of time that it takes to pay off the mortgage, if you're paying a little bit extra towards the principal each month, goes down drastically. And after I think it was about a year or a year and a half of that, I then went to another bank. And what I did with the other bank was I said, hey... Um, I only owe this much on the house. I think it's worth this much. Would you be willing to give me a home equity line of credit? And what I did with this home equity line of credit was I took it and I used it to buy an investment property. And with this investment property, I was able to purchase it, rehab it, and then put it under um, what's called a land contract in order for it to sell in the future. And so with this land contract, they were paying $700 a month for a $155,000 house. It was a lot lower than what it should be, but I amortized the payments over 60 years. So that way they could afford to rebuild their credit and get a loan for the house. When they got the loan for the house, they paid out um, the remaining balance of the amortized payments. And I was able to use that money to pay off the house. I was able to use that money to pay off the home equity line. And most importantly, I was able to use it to remove the debt that I had on the house. And so that in a nutshell is what I did. And what I want to do now is break down exactly what you should do if you're looking to do something similar. So that way you don't have a mortgage by the time that you're 30. So Regardless of what market you're in, I feel like you can do this in almost any market right now, even California where it's incredibly expensive. The only thing that would be holding you back is your income. So, you know, if you are unfamiliar with how mortgages work, if you're unfamiliar with how buying a house works, uh, the best first place to start, I actually just published a book. It's right here, Digital Aged Home Buying. Uh, I wrote this all completely myself. There wasn't a ghostwriter. There wasn't anybody else that added any information to it. I wrote everything that's in this book. It's roughly 230 pages. Uh, let me open it up a little bit so you can see. It's it's all real words in here. My brother made the joke that I wrote 16 pages and then put, I think it was like 160 pages of white space in the middle of it and then another couple words but it's fully published it's available to buy on amazon it's available to buy on my website it's available to buy to teach you the basic understandings of how to buy a house what you should be looking for when you're buying a house and to really help you get in the mindset of somebody like me that's utilizing houses to create equity for their life and to move themselves forward in a position of wealth so Um, One of the things that you're going to read about in this is what's known as a debt to income ratio. 
And that's one of the most important first steps to look at yourself for. I would recommend buying a house as, as young as you can. I bought my first house at 19. My uh, good friend bought his first house at 18 or 19, and he was able to use a lot of equity from the house too. Uh, a lot of people out there, uh, specifically what I found is a lot of the older people out there are going to tell you that you're not ready to own a house yet. There's a lot of unknown maintenance items that come up. There's a lot of risk associated with it. And while that is true, and while you know you do get in a little bit more trouble for not paying a mortgage as opposed to not paying your rent, I find that a lot of young people are making enough money, a lot of young people are saving up enough money to be able to buy a house and then to start investing into their equity and to their wealth when they're very young. So if you do not have a high enough paying job, and I know this is a really long-winded way of getting to this, But if you don't have a high enough paying job right now, that should maybe be your first step. You're going to need to be able to make enough money and prove that you make enough money every month that you're going to be able to afford the mortgage. Most of the time you want like a 30% uh, debt to income ratio and you're going to want several thousand dollars saved up. The the lowest down payment option is probably going to be a rural development, which is 0% down, but you're probably going to want to cover some of the closing costs associated with that. And that's all information that you can look up. But the, the main important thing is positioning yourself to buy a house as young as you can. And if you are buying a house as young as you can, it's going to help you use equity from the home to pay down the mortgage as opposed to trying to save up cash and trying to save up enough money to pay down the house or saving up 20 or 30% down so that way you have a, a higher down payment. You're, you're going to find that it's going to be easier to use equity from the market rising than to use more money from saving it. Uh, and I hope that makes sense. And I know that there's a lot of uh, gurus and other people out there that would disagree and say that, you know, well, houses don't always rise. What about 2008? What about this? What about that? In uh, in my opinion, and actually I watched uh, Dave Ramsey's recent opinion on this too, there's enough equity in homes right now that sellers really aren't going to feel the same squeeze, the same pressure that they felt in 2008. So I think that it's really important for you as as homeowners to, and, and as future homeowners to understand that there hasn't been a lot of times where the housing market has decreased as drastically as it has in 2008. There's plenty of resources on this, and I'll be linking to some articles on the blog post for this, so that way you can look through it and understand that you know it's typically not normal for houses to depreciate in value. So uh, we're going back. Step one is to buy a house as soon as you can, to get a home under contract, to move into it, and to start making payments on it. Now, if you're living with your spouse or you're living with somebody else and you have two incomes, I would recommend that you try to pay down the mortgage more than what the normal mortgage payment is. Um, if that means that both of you pitch in an extra $200 a month or $100 a month so that way you can pay the principal down quicker because you don't want roommates, make sure that you plan for that and you start paying it down quicker that way. Um, if you do not have or your spouse is okay with uh, roommates moving in, I would highly recommend getting roommates. It's kind of the same as having your friends live with you and being able to hang out with your friends all the time, but you get money to pay down your debts. Um, everybody needs a place to stay. I, I've never had anybody that stayed with me 
feel like I was charging too much in rent, uh, except for maybe the uh, couple months where the shower was broken. Uh, I did lower the rent though to try and be nice. Um, but no, I, I haven't heard of anybody living with their friends or renting from their friends that it's too expensive. Most of the time when you're renting from somebody like that and you know that you're sharing a space with them, you you pay a little bit less than what a market rent would be for a place that you have and they're generally a little bit more respectful because the landlord's living with them all the time. And using that money to continuously pay down your house also helps you as a homeowner get the mortgage down quicker so that way you're able to move into the next step which is using some of the equity from the home in order to buy another one. Now, uh, this is, I think, commonly referred to as the Burr method, um, where it's like buy, rehab, something else, something else. I really don't necessarily agree with using that method exactly on every property. However, I do think that utilizing your primary residence because you get all the great tax benefits of having a primary residence and using the equity from that is a good use of the Burr method. Um, and so what it, what it really boils down to is you buy a house, you fix up the house, you get a loan on the house, and then you pay out, pay off the house again. And so getting the secondary mortgage, usually it's it's pretty comparable to the mortgage rates. So it's between, you know, two to five percent. And you're only borrowing like twenty or thirty thousand dollars, something like that, so that way you're able to put a sizable down payment down on your uh, rental property or to be able to get some type of cash purchase or something else where you have a lower uh, lower payment each month for this investment property. You're then going to get the investment property, fix it up however you can, and then I would recommend reselling it if you can resell it in the first year, or you could, uh, I wouldn't, I would not try to rent it out as much as possible because I think that the, the main purpose of buying the second house is to get realized gains, like large sums of money to pay off your, your first house. And the reason that I say that is I'm not a huge fan of keeping thousands of mortgages out there. I do think that it's important to use debt and to use it wisely and to get mortgages. I also believe that if you're not able to put down 20%, that using PMI is important because you're you're utilizing a program that allows you to buy a house with less money and you're potentially a little bit more of a higher risk to pay off the house. And using the PMI as opposed to waiting for 20% also makes a lot of sense. But using a secondary mortgage and trying to maximize that mortgage so that way you have more cash in hand to keep doing it just puts you at a significant disadvantage when you're trying to build wealth. Because if you if you have so much mortgage out there that if anybody slips up for one month or you know, you lose your job for one month, you you get into this position where it's hard to pay off the mortgages and then it's hard to uh, show a bank that you're you're a good, credible person to give money to again. And so in, in my experience, the best way to do it is to, to pay it down as low as possible for the second house, continue making payments on your first house and try to close on the house or try to resell the house within two to three years of you fixing it up and getting it ready for the market. 
after you are able to find somebody that's willing to do something like that, or you're able to resell it, you know, after you fix it up, I would take those profits and use them again directly for your primary residence to pay it down. Obviously, you're going to have to pay a little bit of taxes on the the house that you fixed up. However, you are also allowed to depreciate it. Speak with a CPA. I'm not a CPA. If you want tax information, please speak specifically to a CPA. And I'm hoping to get um, a couple CPAs on the, the podcast soon here so that way we can talk about the benefits of of owning real estate and using it as a real estate investment. But in the meantime, just look into the rules yourself, try to understand them how you see fit. There are a lot of good things that come with owning the house. And so you're using the depreciation to offset some of the taxes that you're going to have to pay by reselling the house. Um, and then after you do that, you pay down the mortgage in a principal residence um, in, in the house that you're in. You pay it down as quick as possible. And so if you're using, um, like for my example, you, you make, you know, a couple thousand dollars or, you know, in, in my case, it was around $20,000. And I use that to pay off the remaining principal interest and to pay off the home equity line that I borrowed, uh, on my home. And this might not work with the very first one that you do, but it's very easy if you do the first one to do the second and then to do the third. But the the way that I was able to utilize real estate and to utilize the the good debt that I had to become uh, essentially mortgage free at 27 and then to be able to use the equity from this house again to buy something else really helps, I think, paint a picture of the uses of real estate and to help you understand that, you know, to help you understand that. While there's people out there that are saying that owning a home is always a liability where they think that real estate in and of itself, uh, owning a home is worse than renting, the liability is everything else. I haven't found that to be the case. And I'd love to hear some arguments against it. I'd love to hear why you think renting is a better option and a better use of money than owning a house. And most importantly, I would love to help uh, hundreds, if not thousands of people that were in my position at 16, 17, 18, 19, come to the same conclusion that they could uh, get to a point in life where they're not worried about a mortgage payment, where they're not worried about having to pay off their house or, you know, ever having to lose the security and to lose the comfort of having their primary home. So if you could, please just remember to like, comment, subscribe, uh, join the podcast, give me some things to talk about, and most importantly, make sure to pay attention for the next 30 days in May where I go over 30 different uh, buying tips, 30 different selling tips, and I'm giving out two podcasts, two blog posts, and two videos a day. So whatever form of media you want to listen in on, I will be there to make sure that you get it the way you want it. So Thank you so much for watching this episode of the Zach Folsom Experience, and I'm looking forward to showing you some more things in May.